No Sleep Till Belmont is brought to you by Main Street Board Game Cafe. It's Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village on Long Island's North Shore. They feature a huge selection of hobby and family strategy board games for sale, from old favorites to the newest releases. They've also got a library of over 400 board games for open play. So find your crowd at one of their Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Dungeons and Dragons events and tournaments. Or their board game and RPG after school program for grades 1 through 12. Main Street Board Game Cafe is a full-service cafe with food and drink, coffee and desserts, beer and wine, also fun and friends. That's Main Street Board Game Cafe at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village, New York. Go to MainStreetBoardGameCafe.com for more information. Phones down, heads up, and unplug your game. Welcome back, everyone. It's Arthur Staple. You're listening to No Sleep Till Belmont, the Islanders podcast from The Athletic. Lots to get to today. We've got uh, the Islanders up in the bubble getting ready for their first game in many months, even though it's an exhibition game against the Rangers on Wednesday night. Uh, and two very special guests uh, to close the show. We've got Islanders co-owner John Ledecky and Tim Lewicki, the CEO of Oakview Group, to talk about UBS Arena, the Islanders' new home coming in 2021-22 and maybe some other uh, arena-related topics. So it's going to be a good one. Hang in there. We'll start off, though, talking about the Islanders in the bubble. Um, They got up there on Sunday, as a lot of teams did to Toronto, or the other teams in the West went to Edmonton. First day of practice was Monday uh, at the Leafs uh, practice facility out in suburban Toronto. Um, There was some discussion on Zoom calls about getting used to the bubble, but really, you know, the hockey decisions, I think, are what are foremost in everybody's minds. And so they did make three cuts from their Phase 3 camp uh, before they went up. Four cuts, excuse me, because uh, Ilya Sorokin, the guy we always love to talk about, uh, will be joining the Islanders once his quarantine on Long Island is done uh, at some point this week. He does have to count against the 31-man roster that they were the maximum number they were allowed to bring up there. So they had 34 uh, on Long Island, not counting Sorokin. So that meant four guys uh, had to be cut. Oliver Wallstrom was one of them, one of the Islanders' top forward prospects. Uh, That was expected, I think, because um, of the rule in the CBA that was extended uh, for this season and beyond. Um, If he played one more game, he played nine regular season games. If he played a tenth, uh, the first year of his entry-level contract would have been activated, so that meant he's further along in service time towards being a free agent in a flat cap world. Uh, and especially with the Islanders in the cap situation that they're in, that's a big no-no. So uh, that made sense for him to not make the trip. Um, I think we'll be interested to see what Wallstrom does now with several months until the AHL and the NHL start. My guess is uh, that Wallstrom, who was already in Sweden, his father is from Sweden, uh, he's trained with Frölunda, one of the top uh, long-standing teams in the Swedish league for the last couple of off-seasons. I imagine he'll go back there. I would, wouldn't be surprised to see an announcement soon that the Islanders have loaned Wallstrom to Frölunda to play the beginning of the Swedish league season, which sounds like it's going to get underway uh, in a normal schedule in September. Um, so we'll have some time in, and then if uh, you know they want to bring him back for NHL, AHL training camp, they can do that. So um, I think keep an eye out for that. That might happen. Uh, Grant Hutton, one of their uh, defense prospects, who was an undrafted free agent, who was kind of a surprise addition to the group, uh, he was let go, as was uh, Jakob Skarik, kind of their fourth goalie, another young prospect who will be headed most likely back to Europe to play. Uh, the fourth person that was cut was Kiefer Bellows, which I think was a bit of a surprise to everybody. 
Um, you know, he had a decent showing in uh, eight NHL games this year. He played a, a good season in the AHL. He was one of the really only real scorers the Islanders had in the AHL this season. Um, but, uh, you know, Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo are more about uh, veterans over young guys, which uh, I think they've shown many, many times. And roles is really, are really crucial to what Trotz uh, has with his extra players. So guys like Tom Kunakel, Ross Johnston, Michael Dalcall, Andrew Ladd, Leo Komarov, who presumably won't be playing uh, on Saturday when game one starts. All those guys are wingers like Bellows is. Um, and they bring a little bit of a different view. You know, you have NHL experience with Dalcall over Bellows, who's Dalcall's had a couple years in the NHL at this point. You've got vast NHL experience and playoff experience at Andrew Ladd over Bellows. Uh, same with Komarov. Um, you've got Tom Kuhnockel, who also has extensive playoff experience uh, and can kill penalties, which may end up factoring in depending on injuries. And you've got Ross Johnson, who brings a physical element um, and is a guy that they haven't really considered not being part of the team these last couple of years. So um, whether it's uh, welcome or not, and I think it was reaction was pretty mixed. I was genuinely a little bit surprised that Bellows, you know, has the potential as a scorer. That's the kind of young guy in the playoffs you might want to have around just in case. Uh, Things go dry. You need someone that gives you a little bit of a, a different look than maybe you're used to having. Uh, all the other guys kind of fit into the Islanders' mode of, you know, defense first structure. Bellows is getting there in that stuff, um, but uh, to not bring him along for maybe that that surprising offensive pop if they need it, if they're down a game or down two games, bit of a surprise. But um, there you are. So those are the uh, those are the four guys that they got rid of. Like I said, Sorokin will be joining the team at some point this week up in Toronto just to practice, not to play. Um, so uh, that's that's the decisions they made over the weekend. And now the decision is going into Wednesday's exhibition game against the Rangers, which it's Islanders-Rangers. Um, but I think it was Josh Bailey who kind of pointed out the other day that it doesn't really matter who they play. They're playing somebody other than uh, an intra-squad game playing against their sa- the same guys that they've seen in scrimmages and practices for the last two weeks. So that's really the most important thing. And, uh, you know, I think it'll be a little bit more physical than your typical preseason game, even maybe a t- typical regular season game because it's been so long since guys have been a- really kind of permitted themselves to throw big hits or, or you know, be in somebody else's face. I think from the from the COVID-19 protocol standpoint, I'm curious to see how active uh some of the physicality will be maybe after the whistle kind of stuff talking at people i would imagine you're you're encouraged to not shout in somebody's face on the ice uh whether it's an official or an opponent um so you know i i I wonder how much the players will take that stuff to heart uh even though everyone's in the bubble and there you know as the league reported no positive tests last week before the teams even got up there uh i think people still want to keep themselves safe and be smart even when they're on the ice and sort of learn these new these new uh, protocols and these new um, practices you're going to have to put into into your game uh, where you're not shouting at people or, or getting in their faces or wrestling around or doing all these things that maybe were part of hockey up until just a few months ago. So uh, it'll be a different experience. Uh, Barry Trotz did say that both Semyon Varlamov and Thomas Grice are going to see time in this game on Wednesday. Um, my feeling still is that Varlamov gets the call in game one for a lot of different reasons. Uh, and the one that kind of sticks in my mind a little bit more as each day goes on is that Thomas Grice is, um, 
is a very unique goalie, as I think we've said here many times, and I've written many times. A guy who gives off a very calming uh, air about him, which is very rare for a goalie. They're, they tend to be kind of um, guys with uh, a lot of obsessive, per, uh, you know, personality traits, and uh, perhaps a little bit hard on themselves, a little bit emotional at times. Um, but Grice is not really like that. He's bounced around the league a lot before he got to the Islanders. He's been a backup here. He's been a starter here. I think he has it as an ease about him that he could go in cold and either into a game or uh, make a, a start after not getting a, a game one start. So that kind of lends me the idea that uh, that Varlamov, who maybe was a little bit ahead of Grice going into the pause, uh, is more likely to get the game one start because Grice could jump in in game two or even game three, even if things are going well. Games two and three are back-to-back noon starts uh, next Tuesday and Wednesday. I am curious to see how uh, after such a long layoff and how you have to treat goalies uh, and be smart about using your goalies, whether Trotz will be inclined to use both, even if the Islanders are up 2-0 and going in for the kill, um, it's uh, it's going to be a difficult decision. I don't I don't imagine the Panthers have that consideration. They have Sergei Bobrovsky, and it's a big drop-off to, to one of – whoever's going to be their backup, whether it's Chris Drieger or Sam Montembeau. Um, so things would have to go really wrong, I think, for the Panthers to turn away from Bobrovsky. But I think the Islanders have a different uh, a different set of circumstances, so I think um, I think it bears watching, especially if the Islanders can can you know go in for the kill in that Game 3, whether they'll stretch Varlamov uh, or Grice, whoever started the first two games, to really uh, keep the momentum going because uh, if you win, you've still got a lot of a lot of other games to play if you want to stay for a while up in the bubble. And as far as the roster goes, um, they can dress 13 forwards and 7 defensemen for this exhibition game. So I imagine you'll see, uh, you know, it seemed like during camp, uh, Kunakal and Johnston had a bit of a leg up on the 12th forward spot, whether that was on the left side of J.G. Peugeot or on the left side of Brock Nelson. Uh, so I'm guessing those two will be the 12th and 13th forwards who dress. Andrew Ladd could get in there too. Wouldn't be a surprise. Uh, and on D, your typical top six, Pelik, Pollock, Taves, Mayfield, Letty, Boychuk. Uh, seventh D, could be Noah Dobson, could be Andy Green. Uh, would surprise me if it's uh, Thomas Hickey or Sebastian Ajo. Um, and it would surprise me if uh, if Letty or Boychuk didn't make the cut. But um, but we'll have to see, you know, sp- Trotz had a lot of good things to say about the Green Dobson pairing all throughout the camp, so um, we'll have to uh, we'll have to see what they decide. They're not going to give us any hints before they hit the ice. I think on Wednesday, but um, you know, I think I think the rosters are are you know the the twenty uh, rather the eighteen that are going to skate uh, in Game One on Saturday are pretty well set at this point in Trotz's mind. I don't think there's a lot that can happen in this exhibition game that'll that'll move him to to make a big decision unless it's an injury. So. Uh, but still, will be fun to see an actual game, even though it doesn't count. Uh, just a few days before the games that count a whole, whole lot start on Saturday. We'll get to our interview with Islanders co-owner John Ledecky and Tim Lywicki, Oakview Group CEO, in just a second. But first, just want to say, most of our listeners are in and around the New York area. So what better way to promote your business than through this show? Our listeners are loyal and engaged, just like you. To advertise on our show, No Sleep Till Belmont, just go to www.theathletic.com slash podcast ads. And now a word from Roman. There are certain times when you don't want to have to go to the doctor's office to get help for a medical condition. If you're dealing with a condition like ED, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. 
Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com Belmont for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com Belmont for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Now we're ready for our guests. Uh, everybody who's an Islanders fan knows co-owner John Ledecky. We've also got... Oakview Group CEO Tim Lewicki to talk about UBS Arena and all the excitement that's to come in 21-22 when that brand new building at Belmont is open. Um, so the first question, uh, given the news last week, UBS Arena, how did that come about and uh, what does it do for this new building that's coming uh, in about 15 months time? So it, it was, you know, when we began this journey of trying to figure out how to get the Islanders fans and the 10 million people that live in and around Long Island uh, a new home. Uh, we knew we were going to have to privatize it. And so when you go spend one and a half billion dollars on this uh, vision and this development, you know that you're going to have to come along and put a heavy emphasis on your ability to bring in like-minded partners that want to make the economic investment to take something like this and privatize it but take something like this and have a major economic impact for the region. So we were looking for naming rights partners. Ironically, it came at the same time we finished the naming rights deal in Seattle with Amazon. Uh, UBS and us were talking about life and our relationship and our business. We have six of these arenas around the world. Uh, Scott Malkin is one of the largest developers of these beautiful retail points of destination. And so they kind of looked at Scott and they looked at us and thought that we were good partners to have. They are based in New York. Their hometown is New York. All their American enterprises headquartered in New York. They have thousands of employees in New York. And they're a brand that's never done naming rights before, doesn't really flash that brand out there a lot on a lot of different things. They're very well regarded and very prestigious, but they wanted, especially in the times we're in now with the crisis on the pandemic. They wanted to go do something that ultimately would help get New York back on its feet and make a huge economic impact in New York City and New York State. So we were right place, right time, like mind on the kind of building we wanted to build. They knew we were spending one and a half billion. So we were building one of the most, if not the most expensive NHL arenas ever built. And we knew they had one of the most prestigious brands and the, in the corporate and business community. So it kind of worked out great. And we couldn't ask for a better timing because unlike most people that ran during the coronavirus, UBS <laughs> down and said, this is the time we got to make a stand here in New York. John, uh, you know, progress on the arena construction wise, obviously there was a pause, but you guys seem to still be on time with things. And, and the details of the, the inside of the arena, you know, you, you talked a little bit about it, but uh, what are some of the things that Islanders fans can look forward to when they're in this building finally? First of all, we had a very mild winter, Arthur, so we lost time to the unfortunate pandemic. Uh, we pray for everybody's health and safety, continue to pray for our fans. Um, but 
we had a mild winter, so we got ahead of a lot of things. And, and Tim has got a great partner in Sterling Project Development and a great set of contractors. So we know that we're going to be playing the 21-22 season at the UBS Belmont Arena. In terms of what the fans can expect, we thought about the feedback we got from the fans. And one of the reasons, Arthur, that I walked around Nassau Coliseum continually versus being in the owner's box was the chance to talk to literally hundreds and hundreds of fans, all of whom were excited about Belmont, but all of whom wanted input on the arena. And we walked away with a lot of great suggestions and ideas that we were able to feed into the architects and into Tim's firm. Tim, as you may know, has built more arenas in the United States and around the world than any living human being. I think he's got 25 that he's working on now. But when he ran AEG, he was the number one arena builder and built the Staples Center and uh, the, the complex around Staples. So we took those inputs, and here's what the fans wanted. They wanted the intimacy of Nassau Coliseum. They wanted to have the bowl that was close to the ice. So we're going to have more lower bowl seats than any other arena in the National Hockey League. Alex Ovechkin, when he was at a wedding that I attended, told me that the Nassau Coliseum was the building he looked forward to playing the most because of the crowd noise. It pumped him up. He thought it was fantastic. It was an old-style European arena. So we're going to take that arena, we're going to lift it and move it over to the UBS Belmont Arena. But we're going to leave behind the 30-minute waits to use the, the bathroom. We're going to leave behind the 20-minute wait to get a cold hot dog. We're going to use technology, and we're going to use the 5G platform that we have to make everything app-friendly. We're also going to have eight bars where you can see the arena, you can see the actual game live from the bars, and we're going to have a standing section, not just for the Blue and Orange Army, but a standing section for folks who want to stand in another section and root on the team. Um, in terms of all the other bells and whistles, I'm going to turn it over to Tim because what he's done here is amazing. So, uh, Arthur, fortunately or unfortunately, and I think it may be just a testament that I can't keep a job, this is my fifth NHL arena that I have the privilege of helping to design or build. And so um, I started, my first one was in Colorado when we initially started the Pepsi Center. Uh, I was obviously ran AG and Staples Center for a very long time. Uh, the T-Mobile was uh, my last deal at AG before I left. And now we have Seattle and we have New York. So I, I always tell people we're not very smart, but we're good thieves. So we steal good ideas and kind of fold it in. And eventually, um, if you do enough of these, you get semi-intelligent on how to do them in a way that people care about it. And the one thing I've learned in building all of the arenas and stadiums that I've built is that don't ever confuse yourself as being the reason the people are coming. Our job is to build arenas that complement the great artists and the great performers and the great athletes. And so what we're trying to do with the UBS arena is create an ambiance, an atmosphere, and in particular, add to the experience in a way where we make everyone's lives better, easier to get into, easier to get out of, easier to get food, easier to get into the restrooms. But our job is to make that bowl the greatest stage ever for an artist and for an athlete. And so, We've gone away from trends. So you look at places like the garden, they have, I don't know, 160, 170 suites. We don't. We ultimately got rid of a lot of the suites because we thought it was more important and more critical to build a great bowl with a great atmosphere for the hockey games and for the musicians. I remember our first night that we opened Staples Center, Bruce Springsteen got on stage and he started saying, 
why don't all those people in all those boxes come out and join the rest of us? And then he told me, you got too many suites. I like a hot, sweaty hall. So this is a hot, sweaty hall, air conditioned, but a hot, sweaty hall. And so the thing I think we've really focused on is don't think you're the show. You're not. Your job is to make the show better and to complement it. And I think one of the great things we've done after building so many of these is from an atmosphere standpoint, from a culture standpoint, from an environment standpoint, an acoustical standpoint, this is going to be one of the hardest buildings to play in in the National Hockey League. And we carried that over from the old Nassau Coliseum. That's great. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly an exciting time for Islander fans who have never really had anything like this to to look forward to it. Considering where we are right now in the pandemic, and obviously when we're thinking about October 2021, we want to think about the world and the country and New York being in a much different place. But have you had to alter any plans with this arena? Have you incorporated anything that's uh, been going on now uh, into your plans, even on a contingency basis? So when, when John and, and Scott first approached us to join them on this vision, and we were very grateful to them that we have a chance to build an arena in New York. You don't get to do that every day in your lifetime. It is the world's greatest city. It will continue to be the world's most important city. But the one thing I kept on looking at is, my God, the Islander fans have been through 30 years of just a march through the desert without any water. And this is like going from the outhouse to the penthouse. And you always hear that expression, but it's really true. So you're sitting here going, man, they've been treated like crap. And it's amazing they put up with it for all these years. And add to that, this, this was one of the great legacy franchises and brands in the National Hockey League. And then sheer kind of brain freezes happened. And we went through start, stop, start, stop, get excited. Oh, that's not going to happen. Hey, this is going to happen. No, that's not going to happen. So one of the things that I found fascinating when we began this partnership is you had the wherewithal of John and Scott and their partnership and the amount of money they pumped into the Islanders. You have OVG building six of these arenas at the same time right now. And yet Islander fans will come up to me and go, yeah, that's not really going to happen. And I'm like, no, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to get built. I promise. They were almost so used to being abused that they can't accept the fact we're building the most expensive, best hockey arena in the National Hockey League. And they're like, well, why the hell would you do that? So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, I think one of the things that we've been very focused on is, number one, trying to make them understand, we got your back here. As John always says, John and Scott are stewards of this franchise and stewards of the legacy. And so our job is to build a great home once and for all for the Islander fans. But in addition to that, we got to pay attention to everything going on in the world. So we happen to form a task force on the sanitation efforts and the health and the wellness. We joined the Wellness Institute to get their certification that we're going to hit minimum standards. We're redoing our food and beverage so that we have grab and go and less time having to go to a counter and interact with people. We're working on air handling and more fresh air, a higher quality of air that we pump in and out of the bowl. I think by the time we open up next fall, we'll be past, we will be past this virus. But the virus will always stick with us. We may contain it and put it in a box, but we got to learn from it. And I think it won't be the first time in this global world we live in where we got to worry about people's health and their wellness. So we are thinking about technology, thinking about design, 
thinking about engineering and how to make sure that we present a perfect arena and a perfect environment. And we put a certification on the front of that building so people know I'm going into a building where they actually thought about this a lot. That's great. Um, I also wanted to ask, uh, having seen this uh, elsewhere, about setting aside some contracting dollars for minority and, and female-owned businesses. It's uh, again, we're talking about the reality of of the current world, and it seems uh, that's an, that's an initiative in a diverse area that you're putting the arena in. That's uh, going to be important to yeah. a lot of people around there. Really important to uh, the Islanders' ownership that the 10,000 construction jobs really reinforce the New York economy. UBS is our sponsor, um, is really all about the community. And so they were excited to hear that we'll have 3,000 permanent jobs, of which 30% of those jobs will be right in the catch basin of the Elmont community, where the Belmont Park will be located. But more importantly, over the course of the lease, Arthur, $25 billion of economic activity is going to take place at UBS uh, Arena, which is superb. And secondly, 30% of all the business that we have is going to women-owned businesses, minority businesses, veteran businesses, and disabled uh, peoples. Um, and that's really important because we have to have all sectors of the community involved in this great project. Kudos to Governor Cuomo for giving us the opportunity, but kudos to Governor Cuomo for saying you need to build the first Long Island Railroad station in 50 years for Belmont. And so that's something that the community has really wanted for a very long time. The ability for them to go park, go into the city and work and come back, that's something that people in Elmont have not had and have been asking for for a long time. It's also an amenity for our fans because now our fans can drive to Belmont, get on the train, go to New York, come back, and instead of having to go home first, grab the kids, grab, the, grab their spouse, they can go straight to the game. Um, and I think, again, really a salute to Tim that he's thinking about all the ways to get fans in and out quickly. We'll have a dedicated zone for the car uh, ride sharing companies. We're going to have an ability to get thousands of people parked at the arena. So we're working on all the things, all the pain points of an arena, again, working on feedback from the fans. The fans have told us, this is what we want. And Arthur, one of the things that OBG was great about doing, Irving Azoff, another partner, Sterling Project, they all said, in today's world, what do we have to do to get people to get off their sofa, to get off their, their, their lounge chair, get up, drive, or take the train to Belmont and see an unbelievable experience? And so we have to provide that level of experience in order to drive the fans to come, not just for hockey, but for the incredible concerts that OBG is going to help bring us at UBS Arena. Well, I think uh, everybody feels a, a real desire to get off their couch after the last few months. So it's, uh, it's definitely something to look forward to. John, I just have to ask before we, we end, um, plans for the 2021 season. I know we can barely even talk about a 2021 season happening uh, at a certain time, but uh, do you have a sense of where the Islanders are going to play their games with fans, without fans, with limited fans at this point? I think that, uh, first of all, the 2021 season will happen because the stewardship of Gary Bettman and Bill Daly as commissioner and deputy commissioner, they're thinking about, again, player safety and security first alongside of fan safety and security. So I'm very confident that we're going to have a season. The conditions under which that season takes place is a function of, will there be a vaccine? Will there be therapeutics? Will this pandemic end? And we pray every night that it will. 
more importantly, I think that County Executive Laura Curran has done a great job in thinking about how do we reopen Nassau Coliseum. And uh, one of the people that she's been talking to is Tim Lywicki, because again, of Tim's incredible background in the industry. So we're helping to think about it for the county. We're helping to work with the county. And at the same time, I think Governor Cuomo is a thousand percent behind the notion of reopening Nassau Coliseum. So it will get done. And hopefully um, with Tim's great guidance, it will be done properly and for the benefit of the fans. All right. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. This has been great. Thanks, Arthur. Stay safe. Well, many thanks to Islanders co-owner John Ledecky, Tim Lywicki, Oakview Group CEO, for some great information about UBS Arena, the Islanders' new home. And as we wrap up here, I just want to remind everybody that hockey's back, starting up in just a few days with Game 1 of the Islanders' qualifying round and all the other qualifying rounds and what will hopefully be a successful, amazing tournament. And if you want to read all about it, whether the Islanders are your team or, uh, or any of the other 23 teams that are in the return-to-play tournament, you can save 40% and get all the access you want to the Athletics' exclusive in-depth coverage of the rest of the NHL season and what's to come. So subscribe now and save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets the Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash Belmont, you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. Hockey's back, and you won't want to miss breaking stories about your favorite teams, especially the Islanders. So go to theathletic.com slash Belmont for 40% off an annual subscription. We hope to see you there, and thanks for listening.